At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast, your trusted source for all things San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Floor. Joining me on this gorgeous Wednesday evening is Editor-in-Chief of San Jose Hockey Now and my co-host, Shang Peng, and fellow Shohei Otani lover, Shang Peng. <laughs> That's uh, the second most important thing about me besides my dog, Mushu, so. Yes, yes. We love great baseball. And, you know, me coming from a baseball background, watching what he can do on the mound as well as in the batter's box is incredible. But this is a hockey podcast, Shane. We're going to talk hockey. And although, well, can I say one thing about Shohei? I'm going to interrupt you there. Yes, yes, yes. I said this last year. Uh, If you have not, if you're just a sports fan, uh, you got to go to a game where Shohei is pitching and hitting at the same time. You're liable. There's a chance you're going to see something special. And it doesn't matter, again, if you're not a big baseball fan. Uh, you may see, like I saw last year when I went to an Oakland game, uh, Shohei uh, double. Didn't see him home, uh, homer, which is unfortunate. But he pitched, I believe, seven innings of one-run ball. Uh, amazing to watch. And he doubled in a run, too. Um, I'm never going to forget that uh, as a sports fan, just seeing a guy who can do that because we've never seen anybody who can do that pitch and hit as well as Shohei. So if you get a chance, the angels are in Oakland or San Francisco and you can, especially a day where Shohei is pitching, you got to go. Yeah, honestly, there's a high percentage chance. You're never going to see anything like that again. You know, maybe the shift towards dual threat players in baseball will become more proactive maybe, with this. Maybe, right? But he's the first, though. Yeah. Yeah, he's the first since 
I mean, he gets con- consistently compared to Babe Ruth for a reason. He's the first. First since, of that caliber, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Of that level, that threat level, that talent level. And um, honestly, just a joy to watch, even if he's shutting out the Oakland A's. Or I mean, dude, it's basically like if Sidney Crosby was as good a goaltender as Igor Shosturkin was. It's all right? one, Could one you guy. Imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine if Austin Matthews was like, I scored 60 goals and I actually made like 30 saves that night as well. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm also the Maple Leafs go-to shootout goalie. <laughs> yeah, he scores the shootout goalie and then he has to go put the gear on. Exactly, to yeah. Get they got to give him 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's unfortunately not what we're talking about this episode. We're uh, as much as I'd I love wish, to sit yeah. here, yeah, just talk about just everything that isn't the Sharks. Not anything against the Sharks, but it, they're not in the playoffs. But you know who else is? They're in not showing the Otani. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know who else isn't in the playoffs though? The Vegas Golden Knights, first time in franchise history, historic. So we obviously we're going to kick things off by highlighting that. So. Highlighting like F U C K T A E K N I G H T S. Yes, that was uh, quite quite devious and clever. I actually had um, Andrew of uh, Vegas Nightly on the Hockey Podcast Network. He actually sent me that, and he was like, "You guys." You guys are killing me. And I was like, that's <laughs> very clever. That's very clever. No, actually, it's Jack Eichel who's killing you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, when I was watching the Sharks in that overtime period, and I'm just clenched, right, the entire time. Mm-hmm. I know we're kind of running off the tangent here, but when I heard the announcer, when I watched the highlights the next day, say in overtime, that's Jack Eichel's first shot of the night. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> first shot of the night in overtime? He played... Well, he didn't play 60 minutes. He played three periods of hockey and didn't get a shot on goal against the San Jose Sharks. That's bad. Yeah, and I think Vegas had like 40-plus shots in that game. So. Yeah, and none of them came from him until overtime. So um, good hey, he, on you, he Jack. Saved the best. He saved the best for last right there. So Yeah, just a miss. So. <laughs> but as I said, on this week's episode, we're going to highlight the Sharks, as Randy says, put a dagger in the hearts of the Golden Knights playoff chances. Then we're going to get into some of the juicy stuff. We're going to get into more GM talk, uh, mainly surrounding Kevin Weeks and John Ferguson Jr. Uh, then Shang. Shang's got something special lined up. He actually spoke to someone who's likely on the Sharks list for the GM job to learn the process of interviewing for that job and to tell us just what makes a great general manager. So as always, before we kick off our little uh fun fest here we note the date it is april 27th 2022 a great day for me the power went out at work so we all had to leave early the a's shut out the giants vegas got eliminated from playoff contention <laughs> it's just a great day honestly <laughs> Did the Warriors but, win? Yeah. I think they played today too. The War- yeah, yeah, I'm not a big basketball guy, but the Warriors won the series against Denver. Today, okay. So shout out to everyone who's uh, big Golden State Warriors fans. Uh, sorry, Denver Nuggets fans. Uh, maybe next year. That's as a Kings fan growing up as a child. Maybe next year was the name of the game. So that maybe next decade. Hate, that and we hate Robert Ori, but yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a song called uh, Robert Ori. 
uh, by a band called Grand Incredible. It's, I love that song because I'm a Lakers fan, and so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you know? Do you know that song? I don't know that song. If I see okay, that I gotta, name anywhere, I get like PTSD flash. I gotta send you, send you, send you that song just, uh, just to give you that, uh, uh, that uh, PTSD. Pain. So yeah, Thanks. so yeah, the song goes. Uh, we were three points down with just seconds <laughs> left. Hid my face and held my breath. <laughs> it looked like C-Web and Mike Bibby could overthrow our dynasty. Oh my lord! It's a good song. I I I bought it, so I should uh, give it uh, give it to you. So, Chris <laughs> Chris Freeman, if present. you're listening to this, I'm so sorry you're experiencing the same pain that I am right now. But Robert Ory, Grand Incredible. So. <laughs> And we'll go on the forever band list on my playlist. So thank you, Shang, for conjuring my worst nightmares from my adolescence. Thank you so much. I would rather talk about the Sharks missing the playoffs for three plus years in a row than listen to that song. You gotta listen to it once, Ellie. You gotta promise me you listen to it once, all right? Yeah, I'll do a live react for you. Sure. Is that better? We'll sure, listen you to do it, it now? next week. We'll listen to it next week okay, live. Sure. <laughs> on the podcast so everyone can suffer with me <laughs> so hockey talk <clears throat> excuse me but the playoff teams are finally set vegas was officially eliminated uh dallas lost in glorious fashion after being up against arizona three to nothing but they got one point so Vegas is eliminated. Oh wow! So they they lo- okay. Wow, I actually didn't know. I stopped watching after they got in overtime because that pretty much was it. Of course, uh, uh, yeah. the Sharks. Uh, I'm sorry, the Golden Knights lost at the same time uh, I, I, in the shootout. But man, yeah. the, that point that the Sharks took from Vegas mattered. Huh? Yeah, it mattered a lot because that was their third shootout in a row. They had the shootout against the Sharks where Thomas Bordalo. Uh, just did his business, his dirty, dirty deeds, along with that glorious Sally. I thought the, it was the fourth, the fourth one. Uh, this, this one was today. it fourth. I, I know it was at I least three. So I think they, they, they won one of them. They've lost the last three. Gotcha. Well, I think so. they've been since the Sharks game. Essentially, they've been zero for seven. Oh, okay. Overtime. No, no. They, they okay. So they won in overtime uh, against, yeah, against Washington. Washington. Yeah, right, yeah, that wasn't a shootout, was. and then it's three shootout losses shootout, in a row. Shootout, so. shootout, shootout. Yeah. 0 for 17. Talking about leaving Logan Thompson hanging out to dry. Like, yeah. that guy played with full, like, full disclosure here, Logan Thompson's going to be an amazing goaltender in the near future, if not as early as next season. But he played every single game with the fullest of his capabilities. So, like, yep. Tip back to back to dudes, right yeah back to yeah. back today uh at the sharks game obviously uh, robin leonard was never gonna uh, come in even mm-hmm. though he was sitting on the bench uh, that's uh all uh yeah it's very impressive yeah no it's it's incredible what he did and after every single shootout loss you could just see the emotion that he was playing with and for the guys in front of him to go oh for 17 it's just like come on come on man I'm going to need you to do better. I'm not even a Vegas fan. And it's like, you don't leave your goalie to hang out to dry like that. <laughs> I've just seen it too much as a Sharks fan to be able well, to. Well, it's the other way around. You've seen the goalie hang the, the team out to dry. Yeah, right? yeah, I yeah. guess. <laughs> it's, but like, Somebody I, I was mean, hanging seen, somebody out to dry. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the Sharks defense also not play defense <laughs> and leave our goaltenders hang out to dry enough times to shake a stick at. But point being, it's like, 
just be better. I'm happy you're not in the playoffs. I, I can't lie and say that I'm oh, This is upset. like the Vegas sympathy, the Vegas commiseration. Episode. No, no, no. This is the Logan Thompson <laughs> sympathy sesh right here. Just, just be better at that point. But you know what? You get what you deserve. Alex Tuck would have probably scored in the shootout. Peyton Krebs mm. probably would have scored in the shootout too. Alex Tuck for but, sure. Alex Tuck actually was very good on the shootout from what I remember. Exactly. And, but, you know, with that playoff or lack of playoffs for Vegas – they can at least look towards the draft earlier, but they don't have their first round pick. So yeah, no, they uh, yeah. I mean, I, I thought that they would figure their way out and make it to the playoffs. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I you know, Oof. and Pete, <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't know if he's uh, yeah, I don't know if he's he's making uh, making it the next year. So well, we've been there before, but <laughs> missing <laughs> missing the playoffs or looking like you're not going to yeah that's that's in the power play oh my god terrible power play the the vegas bash sesh but <laughs> no um that's pretty much all we wanted to talk about again big props to or that's all i really wanted to talk about shang you can comment further if you if you would like uh thomas bordalo um who oh i don't even remember my brain's just blinking out but all the shootout losses the three in a row just tip your hat to everyone who scored on them to win and um, it's going to be a great summer. Sharks are going to win the draft lottery, whether it gets a first or a second. I don't even know how that works anymore. Cause what do you think? Maybe the, the Sharks should uh, put a statue of Thomas Borlo's shootout goal outside of SAP Center. What do you guys it's think? It's just like this. Just build the statue. <laughs> but make it better than the Baker Mayfield one. Please don't do that. The Baker Mayfield statue looks very bad. I don't know if you've seen that yet, Shang. No, I, I haven't. I, I'll, I'll, yeah, show me now. But yeah, I wonder if if that Bordello shootout goal was the greatest Sharks moment from the last three years. I think it, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, from the last three years, probably. I have not jumped out of my sofa seat at a Sharks goal. I mean, in in so long. Patrick Marlowe did break a very important record last year, but it wasn't the very exciting in the sense that he just stepped on ice and. Okay, there you go. You broke the record. You know they dropped the yeah. puck. You stepped on the ice. There you go. <laughs> so not and, as dramatic as Thomas Bordalo. Yeah, and here you go, Shang. Here is the Baker Mayfield statue. It definitely does not look like Baker Mayfield. <laughs> it's almost as bad as I think it's what the Ronaldo statue. The Ronaldo one, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. We definitely don't want a Ronaldo statue either. But yeah, get a get a statue of Thomas Bordalo. Get it outside SAP. Hop to it, Hasso. We know you got the money for it. So <laughs> so the playoff teams are set. That do not include Vegas. Uh, there's still a couple of matchups that are kind of being determined. But just to uh, run through the only two that matter to most Sharks fans, Florida and Dallas. Because you have two former Sharks captains mm-hmm. battling their way to hopefully their first Stanley Cup for either one of them. The Battle of the Joes would be a wonderful. <laughs> this uh, Baker Mayfield statue looks like a, a, a T-1000 from Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's What's that guy's name? So uh, wrong. <laughs> That's so wrong, but so right. Uh, Robert Patrick, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it oh, look like man. Robert Patrick? <laughs> That's bad. Right when you said it, I, just, I saw it. The similarities were there. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> But yes, the Florida Panthers, the Dallas Stars, obviously rooting for Jumbo, obviously rooting for the big Pavelski. Everyone else, 
Who cares? No, I'm kidding. Other people have second. All right. Well, here's the hard question it, that uh, hopefully we get into uh, in a couple of months. Dallas versus Florida. Who do you root for to win the Stanley Cup? I, I actually, I believe I talked to when we spoke to George about this. Mm-hmm. I, I said my answer was Joe Thornton. And okay. I, I, it might have, I might have said Joe Pavelski, but <laughs> I would probably root for Joe Thornton just because yeah. um, now Joe Pavelski is still like my favorite player to ever play, but I would probably root for Jumbo because I think I think Jumbo's done after this season, even if he loses. I don't with the time on ice with mm-hmm. everything that he's got going for him. Sure. Pavelski just signed an extension, like he could technically win it. Next yeah, season. he has he a couple be... more kicks at the can, legitimate kicks yeah, at the can. I, I think this is Jumbo's last run, just mm-hmm. based on what we've seen. Um, so I would definitely root for a Florida Panthers uh, victory there. Okay. And um, I think a lot of people side with me. I think there's. I think it might be a pretty even split, or it might be closer to Jumbo's side, just because of age, as well as just pure Hall of Fame status mm-hmm. as well. It just feels wrong for him to not have his name somewhere on that cup so what about you shang who would you root for coming in as third party like a pure yeah bystander who would you root for i really wouldn't root for anybody (laughs) i guess um who would you i i I guess though let me rephrase it then sure Mm -hmm. who would you find more satisfaction in lifting the cup I actually would say I'll think about this more. This is not my final opinion on it, but I would say Pavelski then because uh, honestly with Jumbo now, I mean, he is not a big time contributor on the Panthers. I mean, that's true. That's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, Pavelski just hit a career high in points. Right. Pavelski is still essentially the first line center. Um, Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, so I, I I think I think there, there's something a little bit more there in in, in that sense, uh, um, and also too, if Dallas wins, that would be a great upset, which means that it'd probably be a very fun series to watch. And I always like yeah. cheering for the underdogs. So a Dallas Florida series, obviously Florida, Florida is is stacked, you know, top yeah. top to bottom, right? Um, whereas Dallas is kind of a one line team, but if that one line can can get them, get you know get them to the cup, then that would yeah. be an amazing story. And so, um, so yeah, I, I would lean toward that. I think, I think there was a crazy stat during the second period of the Vegas Dallas game where 14 of the last 17 or 19 goals scored by the Dallas stars were either from Jason Robertson or Rupe hints. Yeah. So that yeah. just tells you how single line centric that team is. And yeah, it would be They're They're coming in at either wild card one or wild card two. Mm-hmm. Not potential president's trophy, sure, sure, uh, sure, champion. So, and let's uh, shout out to uh, Jack Hahn, who's a frequent guest on our show. And Jack has written about the Bavelski Robertson hints line and why that works. And yeah. uh, I think that's in his uh, Hockey Tactics 2021, I believe. Hundred percent. That was book. one of my favorite ones to read. Right. So yeah, terrific, it's terrific, 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 uh, terrific chapter. And uh, also, too, uh, Jason Robertson, uh, not only is he uh, uh, half Filipino, uh, but 
He's also from, from Arcadia, and I'm from Temple City, which is the city right next to. I went to Arcadia High School, actually, and so Temple City is a <laughs> is is right south of Arcadia. So uh, I've actually uh, 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 spoken with uh, Jason a little bit about a long time ago. Uh, his uh, his draft, uh, his uh, when he got drafted, and you know nobody knew who he was. Kind of, I did a story about him a long time ago, and mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so. Uh, that's as close to a, a, a hometown, you know, I probably ever, you know, I'm not sure. I don't think a lot of uh, great hockey players are going to come out of Arcadia. If you don't know where Arcadia is, uh, that's pretty close to Pasadena. It's uh, where the racetrack is, Santa Anita uh, racetrack. And mm. so the likelihood of a great hockey player coming out of there. And of course, uh, Jason uh, developed, he played most of his uh, series, like kind of a uh, uh, midget or whatever, right? Hockey or, or junior before juniors uh, at uh, in Michigan. But, a likelihood of a great hockey player coming out of there. Well, it's not likely. There isn't a lot of hockey going on there. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. So go Jason Jason Robertson. <laughs> no, 100% behind the Jason Robertson hype train. It's also a little bit of hometown love, similar to like the Josh Allen effect. I have uh, my in-laws' parents were from Fireball. That's where Josh mm-hmm. Allen was, was from. And so like my father-in-law was just like, I fucking love Josh Allen. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's like that hometown love is just, especially for a small little farm town like that, or like Arcadia, where it's like when people think of California, the, the only thing that if they think of Arcadia, they probably think of like the DreamWorks Netflix series, the tales of Arcadia. It's a cartoon show. They don't think of a city in California. So, well, yeah, I mean, what's associated with again is the racetrack. And also too, yeah. when I tell people where I'm from, I always tell them oh, it's really close to Pasadena because everybody knows Pasadena, the Rose Bowl, yeah. the Rose Parade. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like 10 minutes yeah. away from Pasadena. Uh, well, actually, Arcadia is right next to Pasadena, but uh, where I'm from, Temple City, is uh, yeah. 10, 15 minutes away. Um, but yeah, uh, so our, so so Arcadia is a little bit uh, uh, higher on the on on the on the pecking order than Temple City, but it's close <laughs> enough. Like I said, I went to I went to high school there, so <laughs> hometown love. There's nothing like it. All right, Shay. Enough chit chat. <laughs> we got to get into the meaty stuff, right? The people want to learn. They want to talk about. They want to listen to you talk about some more GM stuff. We want to hear everything that you've got. You're the man with the big scoop in this pile here. So let's let's kick it off. I believe you're starting with uh, information about Kevin Weeks. That's correct. Yes. Uh, so what keeps coming back. Uh, that I keep hearing with Kevin um, or I've heard in a couple of important places is that the point of having no hockey ops experience, right? Because uh, Kevin was a longtime goaltender, uh, but he went kind of straight into, into media and he's terrific at that, obviously. Uh, But there is that thought with, with Kevin that he's jumping if he gets a GM job, be it in San Jose or anywhere else, that he's jumping a lot of guys who have kind of put in the work at the lower levels for their GM, for their shot at a GM job, be it scouting, scouting junior games, um, just that kind of thing, you know? Um, Yeah. So I do find that interesting that that's sort of a, uh, a a pushback thing that I'm hearing. And uh, I did put out the report that it's my belief that, Weeks is, at least as of that story, uh, when I put it out last week, I believe that at that time, I I would consider him a strong candidate for the position. Uh, But also, too, though, that uh, it's early in the search, too. 
Uh, in that same story, I mentioned that the Sharks have, according to Pierre Lebrun, 25 candidates. <laughs> so um, being a strong candidate early on doesn't, you know, it's sort of, well, speaking, we're talking about uh, Arcadia and horse racing, right? So, uh, yeah. you know, leading, leading the pack early in, in a horse race doesn't really mean anything, right? Uh, so actually, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know anything about horse racing. So if I'm wrong, let me know. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, I don't we have think one so. One listener, we got one listener who's just a big horse racing guy. They're like, it's you don't really know what a, you're talking really about. The aerodynamics and getting the inside track is <laughs> very that matters important. Matters is being early, right? Yeah, but I, I don't think so though. Yeah. So based on uh, it's watching, clean air, man. It's clean watching air, horse Shane. racing once a year, watching the Kentucky Derby once a year doesn't seem like too important to be uh, a quick out of the gates. <laughs> Pole position doesn't really win a lot of races as yeah, far as like okay. NASCAR uh, I, driving like okay. that goes. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so there, there is, there is that thought, uh, um, you know, that, that he may be somebody uh, with the qualities that I mentioned in my article, and he's going to be a great public facing guy, comfortable in the spotlight. Uh, the sharks have, uh, put out or well, I don't know if put out through Elliot Freeman's accurate, but Elliot Freeman has reported and he's a guy that we uh you know definitely put our trust in that the Sharks want somebody public facing, comfortable in the spotlight, uh comfortable with representing the organization in public. Um and so a guy like Kevin is perfect for that. Uh Kevin is as connected as anybody in the business and not just, you know, everybody's connected, right? But uh, Kevin Weeks may be uber connected. And so that that matters, too. And of course, Kevin is a former NHL player, too. And so that counts, too. Um, but like I said, there is also that thought, too, that uh, jumping a lot of guys, he hasn't put in the just hasn't hasn't done the grunt work, maybe. Um, and of course, I know there's 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 grunt work being an analyst, being in media, right? I'm in media. Uh, there's a lot of grunt work. in it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but not the not the kind of grunt work that uh, in, in that is uh, in hockey ops though and also too um has maybe doesn't have the experience uh, maybe he does in some fashion but not that we know of in terms of uh running an organization which is uh basically uh what a gm is is his job you know to manage the organization uh weeks does have one strong precedent though and so i do want to bring it up so um so i'm not dismissing him at all Mm-hmm. And in terms of a media to management jump, and it's uh, John Davidson. John Davidson currently, I believe, the president of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, if you guys are old enough to remember, in the 90s, John Davidson was basically one of the faces of the NHL to, uh, to, the, to, the, to the fans, to NHL fans. Uh, he was uh, the, on, the, on the Fox's uh, number one broadcast team. Uh, he was Doc Emmerich's partner for a long time. And so John Davidson uh, also was uh, doing commentary for the Rangers at the same time, too, at the same time as he was the national guy with uh, Doc Emmerich. And Davidson, in 2006, became the president of the Blues. And since then, he hasn't left management. He's been a president, I believe, of the Blues, the Rangers, the Blue Jackets a couple of times. Um, and by and large, uh, he's been very successful at it. And... So I think that there is a precedent there. I'll look more into it. If uh, Weeks uh, kind of survives as a strong candidate for the position, you know, then I'll look harder into uh, that comparison with uh, John Davidson. But if you want to take a, a, a initial look there, uh, there is, uh, like I said, there is a precedent for uh, Kevin Weeks to jump from media to management. Okay. So 
don't we don't really know the exact details obviously like you said this is the strong candidate in the very beginning of this search so uh don't put your eggs in too many baskets and or go making assumptions like kevin yeah you know we, we have either. two names really out there right kevin weeks and then uh the next one we're talking about john ferguson jr right but then we have yeah. a report from the very trustworthy pure lebrunner there are 25 or so candidates so, yeah that's a lot of <laughs> know, that's a lot of candidates you know and there's there is some there is there there's going to be some uh some bullshit to to wade through obviously to figure out who is going to be serious in the end um so uh so yeah. So anyway, um, uh, let's move on. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say I sent I sent uh, I sent Becker my resume, so I might be on the top twenty five. So <laughs> <laughs> I told him that all the podcasts about rebuilding were just a joke. Like we're gonna go into the playoffs. And that's all he needed for my presentation. <laughs> did he so. Did he send the the the, the podcast where where we sold uh, Tom Osherdo on how to stay? Because that wasn't a nope. rebuilding one. So that's probably yeah. our our our. Uh, mission statement our uh our uh, presentation right there yeah and by the way shang i'm breaking news i'm breaking it to you right now you're gonna mm -hmm. be my assistant gm so we're gonna be co-gming this wait what so, i thought yeah. we were co-co-gms how if i'm well yeah AP, well uh, okay I'm that's why <laughs> let me oh. rephrase that not assistant we're gonna co-gm this team so that was the caveat they could hire me but you're coming in with me man wait a minute wait a minute though i i, I thought that <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the hurdle podcast that was, those were most you're taking my ideas. <laughs> I'm just the face. We've already discussed this. I'll be the guy that talks to everyone, but you'll do all the action behind the scenes. <laughs> well, as long as you get paid the same, all right. So I I I'm, No, I'm you'll get paid more. Time. Don't worry. Okay, Don't worry. Well, you'll get paid more. You can have the title. Like, okay, I take everything back. Yeah. It's fine. I'll be the assistant to the regional manager as long as I'm being <laughs> paid more than the regional manager. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. So John Ferguson Jr. Back on topic here. Right. So uh, John Ferguson Jr. is a candidate that was put forth by Jeff Merrick. And John Ferguson Jr., of course, quick uh, run through through his background, was the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs from 2004 to eight, roughly. Uh, not a great track record there. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's, the, he's the man behind the infamous uh, Tuka Rask who was actually drafted by the Maple Leafs for Andrew Raycroft trade. And if you're a more uh, a recent NHL fan and you don't know who Andrew Raycroft is, then you can understand how that trade went. <laughs> One of those guys uh, won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if Rass actually did Rass actually win a Stanley Cup. That's he might have been I'll a vet it. You, you, know, you the, keep going. I'll vet yeah. it. <laughs> okay, you can go, you can you can vet that. But but Rask is a I think a, a Hall of Famer or a probable Hall of Famer and uh one of the most consistent goalies of the last decade. The only guy that has a track record similar to him, I think, would be uh Henrik Lundqvist. So that's how good Rask was. Uh anyway though. He did, by uh, the for, way. He did technically win it. Yeah, they did kind of ride the. Uh, but Thomas was the, the starter, right? Yeah, they. Oh, but he did God. come in to back up, so he did win. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. His name's on uh, there. It doesn't matter. Yeah, how. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's that's right. And he he was the starter behind, I think, a cup, at least one, if not two, uh, Bruins finals losses. Definitely the St. Louis Bruins series uh, uh, recently, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe another one. It might be maybe 2013. I think they lost to the Blackhawks. Maybe I, I, I kind of remember that. So he would have been a starter for, for, for those two. So that's, 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 that's impressive. Um, 
Ferguson Jr. went on to be the director of scouting for Doug Wilson with the Sharks 2008 to 14. And he is currently a director of scouting too, I think, uh, for the Arizona Coyotes. Might have been the director of professional scouting, a uh, pro scouting for the Sharks. But anyway, so he's a he's a very experienced hockey man. From what I've heard, you know, the Toronto thing obviously did not go well, but he was in his 30s actually when he did that. So he's had a lot of time to learn from that. Uh, so from my understanding, he is a good hockey man, and he has that uh, hockey. You know, he 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 has that that work in the trenches, so to speak, right? Uh, that Kevin Weeks may not have at this point. Um, but one thing I've heard about Ferguson Jr., just to keep in mind, is that he may not be that face guy that the Sharks want. Um, that he's not necessarily a guy who's going to excel or embrace that public spotlight. And that seems to be an important thing for the Sharks. Uh, they've, uh, Elliot Friedman has mentioned it, and I've heard it from other people too. And so if Ferguson Jr., and I've actually never met uh, Ferguson Jr., so I couldn't tell you this personally, but I've just heard that he may not necessarily be that guy uh, for that part of the role. Mm. Okay. And that seems to be, and like we've alluded to earlier, that's actually a pretty big thing for the Sharks. Obviously, they want you to be able to bring this team to the playoffs, but they also want you to be able to, much like Doug Wilson was, be able to get in front of that camera, talk to the media, and be that face and that mouth. Yeah, or talk to some ticket holders and yeah. maybe just, just project that um, – Sort of that, uh, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure if this is right, accurate. You know, I'm sure a lot, a lot of our listeners have met Doug Wilson uh, before, what be uh, the season ticket holders kind of thing. Or obviously I've seen him in a press conference, right? And uh, he, is a, he is a guy that I would say um, does project confidence, um, does project a, you know, a degree of warmth too. Uh, just uh, yeah, he 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 was a I think an excellent face uh, for the Sharks for a long time, and and they I think they want to replicate that in some ways, and I would say actually fulfills a lot of a lot of ways that they would just love to replicate Doug Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> if only there was another yeah. Doug Wilson. Well, Man. Yeah, but I, I talked about that in, <laughs> in an article I wrote a couple weeks ago about a GM yeah. search that I think that he's a little too uh, D- Doug Wilson Jr. That is is a little too young for this role, even though he mm-hmm. does have that. Um, you know, Doug Wilson Jr. He was obviously on our podcast is a uh, very genial, uh, great talker um, oh, yeah. like Doug Wilson. And so he, he, does, he could sell anything to anybody. It seems he, like he has he has that he has that quality, and it's a good yeah. quality to have. Um, but it's not quite his time yet, probably. Yeah. Well, you know, based on his scouting, from what I've seen, of course, I'm not a professional development NHL analyst here, but uh, I've liked a lot of his more recent drafts. Um, so. Where, you know, if he could continue to retain that job with this new GM is a up in the air. Not sure 100% there, but um, I have liked his recent drafts. And if he can continue to do that and we can get these greater or good players to come in, um, we'll see. Again, it's way too early to tell. Um, but Josh Norris has seemed to be doing pretty fucking great over there in Ottawa. So, yeah. And, and Mario and Ferraro, Ferraro as well. Right after that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking back to back, boom, boom. If you can replicate that down the line, you draft well everywhere in the draft, then you're going to be solid. So 
Mm-hmm. Hey, we want to take a quick break to thank this week's sponsor, DraftKings. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. And don't worry, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. All new customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older only. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So are we... um this candidate, right? Because I believe we are, we're done with the weeks. We're done with yes. John Ferguson okay. Jr. So I want to get to sort of the the meat of this podcast. Then. Yeah, okay. the good um, juicy stuff. <laughs> They've been waiting long enough. The listeners, that is. <laughs> so I spoke with a uh, GM candidate that is likely on the list for the Sharks. And I was just but curious Shane, who is about it? Shang. Shang, who is it? <laughs> I was just curious <laughs> in uh, in general about just the process of interviewing for a GM job. And he mentioned a few things that really stood out to me that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, and I, I learned some things uh, myself from from talking with uh, with this guy. So um, I will want to add though. This is this is one thing I will give you guys about this this candidate. Mm-hmm. He genuinely believes that. This Sharks team can win. And he genuinely believes that he has a plan, uh, not just for the Sharks to win one year or to just like kind of back into the playoffs and be a wild card team, right? Uh, but that the Sharks have the pieces for what he uh, uh, terms, uh, well, in the, more of a in general term, I guess, yeah. It's not not like not like this person invented it. Uh, successful <laughs> sustainability, right? And gotcha. that's what Doug Wilson did, right? For uh, 15 years, from 2003 to 19, uh, 14 to 15 years, made it to the playoffs, and most of those years, the Sharks were a genuine Cup contender. So mm-hmm. successful sustainability. So we talked at the beginning of this process about how this job might not be attractive to candidates because of all the contracts that you're saddled with going in. Um, but I believe this person believes <laughs> that 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 this Sharks team can win, and so waiter, waiter, I'll have what they're having. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully he's he's able to 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 sell this to the Sharks, and he gets to that point where he's able to sell it. But anyway, yeah. though, so uh, so uh, so the the point of the conversation with him though was to talk again about the the general process. And um, I was curious, what's the first contact like, right? In mm-hmm. terms of a team reaches out to the candidate and to gauge the interest, right? Yeah. And I don't want to spend too much time on this part of it because it was very, you know, he says that that 
different teams do different things. So it's not like there's a set way, which makes sense, right? Like if, you know, I think it's like in any job, if, uh, if uh, someone is interested in hiring you, there could be different ways where you learn about it. You might get a phone call, you might get an email, you might learn mm-hmm. from a mutual, uh, you know, mutual party, right? Somebody, a mutual acquaintance or whatever, right? Hey, call this person, call this guy, whatever, right? So, um, but Sort of the sort of the sort of the de- the details though is early on before you get to that maybe that that formal uh, in person interview right there's sort of that filling out period where you kind of figure out what they want they figure out if they want you you know they figure out uh, if you are interested in the position at all in the first place right um, you know it might be even a, a kind of a Q and A where they ask you questions sort of. Uh, just it's 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 a gauging of interest, uh, not just the team of the candidate, but also sometimes the candidate of the team, because sometimes mm-hmm. the candidate looks at the team and says, oh, I don't want any part of this. Yeah. And uh, that's why I, I part of the reason why I mentioned that thing on top about the Sharks, that this person does believe in the Sharks ownership and does believe that he can make this team a winner. Now, some of you may be listening to this and say he's trying to sell or what, but look, I'm not telling you the per- the person's name. Uh, he believes it. <laughs> so, I mean, if you don't believe it, then <laughs> you're, you're right, have and a that's hard part of his point. Selling. That's part of his point. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get to yeah. that. Yeah, no. Um, so, I want to get to sort of the, where we start learning maybe something a little more of the the bones or a little more interesting part of it, right? And it's that when you get to that that formal presentation point where you're presenting your plan to the sharks or whatever team you're interviewing with, right? Uh, yeah. And it could be a, a deck, a PowerPoint kind of thing. It could be a book, right? I've read Bill Guerin just had a book with him. Um, it could be different, 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 different kind of things, but it's basically a presentation uh, where you try to sell yourself to the organization, but you also try to sell well that you can execute what you want. And so this is the part where, like you just alluded to, Nick, um, where you got to kind of believe in, in, in what you're peddling here. And so, yes, you can you if you really want this job badly, whatever the job is. Right. And maybe you just say the right things. Um, like if you if you if you believe the shark should rebuild, but you you tell, you know, you, that's not what the sharks want to hear. Right. Uh, so you try to sell. Oh, we I, you know, I think we can win, but you don't believe it, though. Then that's sort of problematic. Right. From the from from the get go or vice yeah. versa. Um if, uh, if, if the team kind of wants to go in a rebuilding direction and you think differently, you might think as an interviewee that, that, that the team has the pieces to win and what are you doing rebuilding right here, right? Uh, by the way, though, so, so, that's, so that's an approach that some people do take, though, that you know, how bad do you want the job? I mean, you say the things to try to get the job, right? And another approach is to say what you believe uh, is the best for the organization, so that's that I found what to be interesting aspect of of of, uh, of of what he was saying about just that uh, just that point about there are some people that are just trying to get they just really want a GM job badly it doesn't matter where it doesn't matter the circumstances so you just sort of say what you think might get you the job. Gotcha. So it's not uh, like but- an episode of Shark Tank 
They're literally yeah. coming in and giving a presentation, which is kind of ironic here because they would be going into the Shark yeah, Tank. tank right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should do that. They'll, they'll publicly broadcast it. All right, give the presentation. The fans will vote in via Twitch chat or something. <laughs> Yay or nay. <laughs> but you know, uh, uh, for uh, for this person's uh, presentation, but just in general, right? What do you do in this presentation yeah. to the team that 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 you want to hire you? You try to sell your realistic vision for an organization. You evaluate, or you tell them what they have, what they have coming. Uh, mm -hmm. I can tell you that this candidate has been watching the sharks uh, very closely recently. He watches, he's watched the sharks a lot already, but watching them very closely uh, to get a sense of, again, you know, what, uh, what, what their guys can do, you know, what they have in uh, Thomas Bordalo, uh, what they have in a uh, Capo Kakinen, you know, and so on. Right. Yeah. And so one, uh, one thing though, that I, I can kind of share one nugget is uh, one uh, presentation that has been made public. Uh, it's sort of leaked, I guess, by Mike Gillis's son is uh, Mike Gillis, uh, former GM of the Canucks, uh, presented to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, not, I think the most recent, uh, just, just yeah, I think, um, I think, I think this is a recent thing. Uh, their their recent hire. Uh, but anyway, uh, I can say uh, that in this person's opinion, uh, he called the Gillis presentation. Go and go and read it. You can search it out. Mike Gillis, Pittsburgh Penguins presentation. You can find it. Uh, he called it empty calories. <laughs> Fast food. <laughs> That's all it is. It's empty calories. So make of it what you will. Uh, take a look at that presentation. See, see, see what you think. Um, you know, Gillis is a name filler. that. Uh, Gillis is a name that's definitely out there uh, uh, for a lot of GM positions, maybe on the list for the Sharks too. Um, so, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. So we talked a little about, about the presentation aspect, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, a, a little bit a, a little bit about what goes into that and just sort of the maybe more to the psychology, right, of, of the presentation that you're putting. And of course, this is a big part, you know. Uh, for anybody yeah. interviewing for the Sharks job, you're basically going to present – uh, how you can make this team a winner uh, immediately, and also too how you can keep this team a winner, uh, just like Doug did. And so that's a uh, that's that's I think a huge a huge part of of of, uh, of this process. However, and this is a big however, uh, there's also a huge political aspect to it, uh, where maybe the best presentation doesn't matter. And one question that I, I've heard uh, and I've talked with a couple of, uh, let's say, uh, candidates, uh, uh, Sharks candidates for the Sharks GM position or possible candidates, I'll put it that way, uh, for the Sharks GM position uh, recently. And both of them, uh, I've heard the question, is this for real, you wanting to hire me? Or is this just, you got to interview a certain number of people or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a question that that I th that is a common question for candidates of for GM positions. And so, I think what what uh, what 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 uh, what happens a lot, maybe at least according to yeah. this person I spoke with, is that. 
teams hire people they know that they trust, but may not be the person who had the best presentation, just maybe someone they know a little better. Right. Okay. Again, this is not going to be any different than a lot of jobs, you know, job hirings that, you, that you've seen. Right. Yeah, or very, this is oddly familiar to me, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> I should be probably familiar with it to, to a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Or uh, what's the age old saying, right? It's not always what you know, it's who you know. Right, right, right. And I, I'm not saying this is the case with the Sharks, but there is also that thing about, and I've heard this with the Sharks, right? Where you hire somebody who isn't going to fire you. Okay. If you're in a fireable position, obviously a hostile partner is not in a fireable position, but yeah, um, you know, like Joe West or any of the scouting guys. Well, Joe will not Joe West. The, the, I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on baseball. Shane. <laughs> Joe West. Oh man. All right. And so again, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that this is necessarily the case with the sharks, but um, I know that people who listen to the podcast and people who read, you know, who are Sharks fans have said that, that they believe this is a possibility. And um, it's out there. It, it does happen. You think the Sharks would do that, though? Because it seems as though, I mean, if if they're... Hasso and, and Jonathan Becker are included in this hiring process. Mm-hmm. And they very vividly have pointed out that they want to have a team that wins... Yada, yada, yada. You know, do you think that they would be able to not be convinced by Joe Will, but do you think that they would take that route to hire people that wouldn't fire their scouting team or are they going to actually focus on the presentation? I mean, I know it's a bit of a loaded question. Do you think that they would do something like that or is the possibility just kind of, I mean, we know it's out there, but just your personal opinion. Uh, I, I don't know, I guess would be the answer. Um, okay. but the possibility exists. Yeah. That's what I mean by, I, I don't, okay. I don't know. I don't know if I, if I trust their process enough to say that, uh, clearly and absolutely the, the best person will win. I don't know that. Um, okay. that's I'm not fair. in, I'm not in the room, you know, so I'm not, it's, yeah. not, it's not a criticism even, uh, I just, I'm not in the room. Um, just pure speculation from me, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, if you, if you look at the the situation a, a, as it is uh, with what, what happened and Doug Wilson stepping down, and that seemed like that was a surprise to the organization, and suddenly there's a void, and I think a lot of people are going to be worried about their job naturally, right? Um, yeah. Any anyone anywhere from uh, Bob Bookner, coaching staff, right, um, to different scouts, different parts of the organization that um, that Doug Wilson was very happy with. But is that new person going to be very happy uh, with with them? Yeah. And there's no guarantee uh, of that. Um, and, of course, that depends on how much they're going to empower the GM, of course. Uh, there's been some thought that who they're hiring, part of that, they're you know they're going to keep the the the, the structure around them because Hasso might like that structure and that structure was a winning structure for most of the last twenty years. Gotcha. Um, okay. So it's hard to say. I guess it depends on on, on the hire and and how much uh, 
how how empowered this this hire this hire is um okay. a lot of contributing factors into it it seems so yeah i just it's hard to answer the the the, the question because i uh, mm -hmm. just just too many kind of kind of uh, variables with it um but you know, like i said I, I think i think it's it's natural for people to be worried about their jobs and that's yeah. that's just normal so yeah. um you have another influence here on the hiring, which I see is very interesting. Yes, this is something that I hadn't really heard before. But that the league, NHL, sometimes has a very big influence on who gets hired for for uh, for a GM, and not necessarily the case with the Sharks, because for one, Hassel Plotner is really really rich. <laughs> and so uh you know he's he's not just uh you know he he you know Hasso is not a guy that is seems very involved in the NHL day-to-day -day business right Hasso doesn't live here um a lot of people even question Hasso cares about the sharks because you don't see Hasso around he's not a big kind of face guy right but from what we understand Hasso cares a lot about the sharks yeah. um but Anyway, so 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 what what happens though is that owners who don't don't know who they can trust in terms of uh, uh, they don't know who to trust in terms of uh, uh, who's going to do the hiring for them uh, could call up the NHL and ask NHL, well, who who would be a good candidate? I mean, I yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm a newcomer. I have a lot of money, whatever, but I, I'm not sure uh, who you know, what qualifications I'd be looking for, that sort of thing, right? And so the NHL might suggest some names and that's a that that's a big influence. So that basically NHL kind of has their guys. And one thing that the person I spoke with told me that was I found interesting is that there's a perception that everybody who works for the league ends up in a managerial position. And if you think about it, there is some sort of uh, relationship there. I don't know if it's totally accurate. I'm sure we can find somebody who worked for the league that didn't end up in a, a team managerial position. But uh, Brendan Shanahan, of course, was the uh, the discipline czar, right? Eventually president of the Maple Leafs. Uh, Rob Blake also worked for the league. George Perils, uh, uh, his time is coming, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> for that. But... This uh, 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 the person I spoke with said uh, basically that that he's been told before you want a GM job go work for the league. That's interesting. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, I've never really thought of it that way, but it kind of it, I can kind of see it though. You know, just to throw out I don't know uh, a, a place that obviously has a lot of like uh, league influence in terms of the team and keeping the team there is Arizona, right? And so. Arizona has had various GMs over the years and um, the ownership that comes in, uh, in the cases that we've seen, they don't seem to be hockey people. Right. Like, I mean, kind of makes sense. Right. Like um, if you get into buying an angel team, well, who do you lean on to be your hockey person though? You know, who's going to make that hire to be uh, you know, who's, who's going to make the call to hire, uh, to be to to be the guy who decides on the GM, right? Mm -hmm. And so, if you, you're someone who buys a team and you don't have a guy like that, a right hand man like that at, at your side, right? Your quote unquote hockey guy. 
Well, who are you gonna call? Well, you'll you'll call someone in AHL, like probably, right? Yeah, I guess so. It's just a little um, odd, I guess, to hear that. But I mean, it, logistically speaking, it makes sense. It's yeah, something I yeah. wouldn't expect. I just feel like inherently you expect these people to have the sources and the networking to be able to create like a hiring team or recruiting team and get the guy in that you want to get, but to have to go to the parent league or essentially the parent of the entire league to get recommendations just feels maybe this is why the same 32 guys are being washed through from team to team. Maybe, maybe, maybe it has some influence with sort of the, the names you hear about too. Uh, yeah. constantly for jobs, right? That that there is some degree of of uh, these are league back guys, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, and and so so there might be something something to that. Um, I just yeah, I find I find I do I do find I do find 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 that interesting that 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 idea. I've never heard of that idea. Uh, really, but um, yeah, that but that seems to be something uh, something that uh, is possible. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So okay. So something else that I, I talked with uh, this guy about was his idea of what a great GM is, and I I thought that the way he put it was very clear and succinct, and. Actually, this goes back a little bit to, you know, you're talking about uh, Doug Wilson Jr., right? And the great work he's done with scouting and drafting and that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Well, the point that this guy made is that a great GM isn't about drafting and scouting. Um, you have people for that, right? So it's about putting the right people in the right places. That's what a great GM does, puts the right people in the right places. Yeah. Um, so you're not going to see, uh, let's say, a Doug Wilson, right? Uh, Doug Wilson is likely not really involved in the amateur scouting process until maybe the very end. You know, Doug Wilson isn't wasn't uh, going to junior games in December in in like Oshawa in like sub whatever weather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to watch to watch a potential future Sharks fifth round pick. Yeah, no, you. You literally hire people to do that job. Right. They're, they're scouts. <laughs> and so and so what a GM is, is he's the leader. He's uh, words that this person used, you know, a strong, principled, consistent leader who can get people around him to believe and can put the right people in the right places. And he used a good example of Lou Lamarillo, right? He asked me who, who were the most successful GMs of the last 20, 30 years, right? And Lou's going to be right on top of that list, obviously, uh, just for consistency and ability to lead well, every organization he's been uh, has been uh, pretty successful. Yeah. So Lou, as a GM, what he knows is he knows his team, the NHL team, right? He knows his coaching staff. And he puts the right people uh, everywhere else. And just for example, uh, with Lou, uh, David Conti uh, was the head of his scouting for the the, the New Jersey, the, the peak New Jersey years. Mm -hmm. And so that's the guy who did the scouting. 
And so basically, too, then, so the other way it works, though, is that just because uh, you are great at the scouting drafting aspect of it doesn't mean you're going to be a great GM. Yeah. Because you may have an eye for talent, an incredible eye for talent, and that sort of thing, right? But are you a leader? Are you going to get people to believe? Are you going to be consistent? And so I found that to be a very interesting point. And I think it's a little bit underrated, right? Um, we talk about a lot of times with the, the, the GM being someone who can do everything, uh, or that's how it's perceived because a GM gets a ton of credit, right, for, for the team's drafting success. Yeah, they but, have a name that gets stamped right. on success or failure. Right, but it's really the people they hired. And so if they hire the right people, then hopefully, then probably the right people drafted the right players, right? And they hire the wrong people, uh, then you come up with a lot of empty drafts <laughs> and you lose your yeah. job eventually. Um, so I, I think I think that's a that's an interesting interesting point uh, that I think is missed when we go over people's records, what they've done, what they haven't done in different organizations, uh, mm-hmm. and we don't we maybe miss the main question. Uh, the main question is: Is this person he or she is he a leader? Is she a leader? You know, is he or she somebody that the entire organization will believe in? And is he or she somebody that? will put people that will will push back against them in the right places or in places, right? Um, is he or she a person that's going to put the the right and best people at different uh, positions in an organization? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I, I, I thought that was an interesting point that uh, this person made. And uh, finally, uh, finally, the last, the last part of uh, our, our talk, so Pierre Lebrun has reported that the Sharks have uh, roughly, or he said 25. That's the number he gave out. He didn't say, he didn't equivocate like I am for him. He said 25 yeah. candidates. And I asked, I asked this guy, is that a lot? And he said, yes, that's a lot. And he says, in his opinion, there aren't 25 people available uh, who can help San Jose win. There aren't 25 people who will take the job who can help San Jose win. And so I just asked him, well, how many people do you think out there who are available, uh, in your opinion, uh, can help San Jose win right now? And he just threw out a number. He, he said, I, I, I wrote down five, but I actually think he said three or four. <laughs> he didn't give me any names. But basically, uh, uh, there's only a few candidates that have sort of that hockey experience, that hockey ops experience. Um, somebody who can be that strong, consistent leader that also is good with people and can get the people around them believing and also uh, communicate with people well. And also somebody who will put the best staff around him. Uh, No compromises there. So a lot of people. That's not a lot of people, right? And that's a lot and less I'm, than I'm sure they 20, probably include themselves in that count as well yes. because they yes. they believe that they can help the Sharks win. So yes. if they're saying three or four, then there's two or three other people than themselves. <laughs> yes, roughly. Yes. So, so. and yes, uh, again, uh, the 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 underlying thing is uh, the thing I'm going to underline is people who are available. So <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's and true. also people who believe that 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 they can help the Sharks win because I'm sure that there are qualified GM candidates who believe that the Sharks should go more into that rebuild mode. Though I think though it's 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 generally agreed upon that again, like I said many times before, that the rebuild is not easy, a re- real rebuild. Um, yeah. But there are pro- there are people out there who probably would trend more toward that uh, qualified people. Um, so anyway, so. But uh, so there, that, that that twenty five number thing is interesting though. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I Maybe don't that's know. A, uh, like a due diligence number. Like, look, we're we said we're gonna go out there. We're gonna span the horizons. We're gonna leave no stone unturned. And if this is the number that they're reporting to Pierre, then this very well could be the number that they're doing. They are gonna leave no stone unturned. Maybe in a perfect scenario, each one of them is just as qualified as the next, but right. they're not going to take their chances in possibly skipping over someone due to a, a simple thing where, eh, you know, they didn't check the box in this spot. So we'll just not reach out to them. No, we're going to, there might be an argument too, one. though, that the sharks don't know what they're looking for. <laughs> That's also, yeah, the, the complete opposite side of the coin. They have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Doug Wilson's carried this franchise for 20 years. No one knows what the fuck's going on. Like, what is advanced analytics? What do you mean? Like, no, <laughs> no, no, that, that, that was, I was literally getting to that point. They either, are leaving no stone unturned and are really, really doing a deep, deep dive, pun intended, in the Shark Tank to find out who the best candidate is for their specific situation, or they have no idea what they're looking for and they're hoping the right candidate will present themselves. You know, it's kind of like the goaltending philosophy that they're taking right now. You keep fucking swinging. Because you're bound to hit on one of these goaltenders. Well, if only so, you could do that for for a GM. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know they're going to interview these people, and instead of not swinging or not interviewing this person, maybe they're like, you know, we, we got to try. We don't know what we need exactly. Maybe they'll present something to us that we wouldn't have taken into consideration, or something that's being looked over. Or they can just know, still and implement the idea. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we'll do. We're just gonna gather as much intel as possible. R and D, baby, for the win. So, no, I th- I think your uh, your source here, your um your talk here was actually very insightful. I think a lot I of listeners. So. No, no, it really was just for me in general, like the the league thing, and for me, it's like when you're talking about what makes a great GM. These parallel with a lot of like just anyone who works in any sort of work environment where there's a lot of moving pieces of one person that oversees it these are the exact same qualities you want in that one person as well you're just applying those same principles to hockey and so for for this person this unnamed individual to be able to share especially the empty calories comment on that uh that presentation to kind of give us the a little bit of insight for me well to give you and to share with us the a little bit of inside information as to how these GM hirings work. I think it'll make this search more interesting because I hope so yeah, we we now know what's happening instead of just like oh they're they're calling guys they're doing a Zoom meeting and then they have them fill out a Google sheet or we know kind of now <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> 
you know uh you know uh hasso he's a big tech guy you know you gotta yeah. follow this sheet and like the fuck <laughs> he's a big astrology dude first off if you're a virgo you get the fuck out like you're not you're not taking this job no all right it so is, assignment number one good. you have to download tinder and prove that you can uh, you can work tinder properly so prove yeah. that you're up on <laughs> it's like bumble or tinder oh <laughs> oh okay okay tinder okay yeah no you're gone <laughs> no i i do think it is very um it's had a lot of insight to it that i didn't know beforehand i'm sure most sharks fans unless they're plugged into hockey ops like this uh may not have known either so it'll I make hope so. this yeah DM... i'm just kind of uh worried uh because i you know I, I had this talk it was a really interesting talk but uh i i have to communicate it to you guys but i can't give everything away uh i would love to but mm -hmm. uh if i do that then i'm not talking to a lot of people anymore and basically i should uh i should i should quit and i don't know you know <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> do no, something else for my life, right? Like, like I told uh, so, you before. Yeah. Shane, so hopefully, that's... I've communicated in a way that is is still uh, intriguing and interesting, and you can learn from this. So. I I will confidently say that I speak for the majority of listeners right now that say, one, we understand can't give away source information doesn't make any sense to you're going to shoot yourself in the foot with that, and two, that this was a very insightful even though it might not even be you know this is just tip of the iceberg or this is just cracking yeah. the shell of the full conversation being able to take away this this information that we're being given here is uh you know being able to absorb that knowledge is is a, is a plus so now yeah. we have our own bit of insight as to what the sharks are looking for or how they're conducting or maybe what process. they should be looking for or at least what this person thinks that that they should be looking for well yeah one actually uh uh a way to to ex to explain one part of it that i found interesting right like what makes a great gm right uh yeah. great gm it doesn't fucking matter if, if 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 he he knows what he's looking at when he's draft when he's looking at an amateur prospect doesn't matter that doesn't yeah. matter what what makes a great gm is that the great gm picked somebody who can do that and yeah. we'll listen to that person who can do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, hiring so. the better staff. Just exactly. Hire the best staff, man. Exactly. Because the gym has so many things that he has to be uh, in on, responsible for, uh, that he can't be the number one guy on everything. He has to delegate and he has to put the right people in place. Yeah. So, you know, I'm the, sure the plenty GM... of people listening are relating to that where. You have a supervisor or a manager who hires a buddy and the buddy's a bit of a slap dick and they don't mm -hmm. do the job as proficiently as like the the best candidate available would have. Yeah, maybe he's decent, but maybe there's somebody that would be great at it though. Yeah. So you you want the person in charge of hiring to hire the best candidates, not just to hire people that they know or people that they like or people that the recruiting firm is directing to them, you know, do your due, your due diligence and really dive into getting the right people in the right spots to make your job easier. So I think, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Shang. That's, that's the big takeaway from this master delegator is the GM. So, Unless you have anything else to talk about here, Shang, I think that's going to wrap it up. I am going to touch on a couple of articles I want to kind of mention on on the San Jose Hockey Now website. So, unless you have anything else for the listeners, no, I, I think uh, I, I think that uh, that's uh, 
that's uh, uh, what I learned today that, that I can uh, share. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully, uh, as we learn now, this is, seems like it's going to be a kind of a long process. So it's going to be a lot more candidates to talk about, a lot more to dissect. Uh, yeah. All I hear are the subscriber counts going up, Shang. So that's oh, that's I, I hope I so. Mean. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So. But yeah, speaking of those subscribers, those who are currently subscribed to San Jose Hockey now, uh, if you aren't, like, what are you? We're on episode thirty-eight. What are you doing? This is well, you're, you're, you're getting you're getting the free shit on uh, on the podcast, which I guess is, yeah. <laughs> is intelligent in its way. I I, I can't uh, I can't dispute that. So. <laughs> pat himself on the back there <laughs> two uh two articles i want to kind of point people towards especially in this uh we're getting towards this lull um in the off season where we're doing draft prep and we're doing everything else exit interviews um the article about uh barbanov's contract talks and just how soon those may be starting uh go san jose hockey check out check that out uh, one for our youthful exuberance followers, the people who love following the prospects. We have a great article from Liz Child about uh, Daniel Gustin, who actually made his pro debut for the San Jose Barracuda. And it's a great article involving uh, comments as well from Roy Sommer. Mm-hmm. So, and Roy uh, doesn't hate uh, young skilled players. So if you read this, <laughs> he doesn't have a choice, Shang. That's all he gets to play. <laughs> But no, no, definitely go down. It's a very thorough uh, article. It's it's not like a quick little bite or anything. There's multiple scrolls that you have to do to do the yeah. entirety of this article, as well as uh, just getting to know Gushin as a person. Um, I'll pick one question mm-hmm. just just here from, from the list here. I'm not going to give out everything. Um, I'll go ahead and go with, uh, if you could have any superpower... What would he pick? I'm not going to give you the answer. You're going to have to go figure it out. Um, but just getting to know these players, another great piece again from Liz. So just wanted to give a couple of quick shout outs to uh, those two, you know, point those two articles out. Go give them a read, SanJoseHockeyNow.com. And of course, make sure you're subscribed. And I think we wanted to mention actually one more. Yeah, I'll, was... I'll, I'll sell this one because uh, yeah. I really enjoy talking with the uh, uh, Kapo Kakinen. Uh, yeah. Kapo is a big time foodie. I gave him uh, my uh, recommendation for the best. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, Kapo has said before uh, on previous interviews, podcasts, whatever, is that uh, when he goes somewhere, you know, like there's sort of that that, that cliche, like, oh, uh, you're finished. So if you go to San Jose, well, what's the best finished food in San Jose? And for a guy like that, he's like, well, I go to I go back to Finland in the summer. Why would I eat finished food in San Jose when I have it at home? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of the things he, he he mentioned is that yeah you know i when i go somewhere new i want to try the food of that area and so for me in my opinion you guys uh, can chime in but i think that san jose it's the vietnamese food that stands out to me and there's a very large uh, vietnamese uh, population obviously uh, in san jose my favorite place i'd like to hear yours uh, I'm a big pho guy myself, but my favorite place isn't a, a pho place. I'm going to say this wrong. I, that's one thing that I'm not good at. I should get better at, but I don't <laughs> say the names of places right. <laughs> but uh, it's I believe it's uh, Bun Bo Hui Anam, and it's on a Story Road. It's uh, very close, actually, to the Sharks practice facility. Uh, 
and they do a spicy beef. They call it the English is name is spicy beef noodle. Uh, it's a bun bo hui. It's kind of a, uh, a a a red a reddish soup, and it's amazing there. And so that that's my uh, that that's my uh, Vietnamese recommendation uh, that I shared with 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 uh, with Koppel too. Uh, if you read the story, uh, you can see uh, what he recommends, what you should eat if you go to Finland, uh, what you should eat if you go to Minneapolis, and what you should eat uh, in uh, Des Moines. Uh, because I figure no one ever has asked him that, and uh, Koppel played two years with the Iowa Wild, so yeah. and he had he had some interesting choices. Um, so yeah, so that, that's, that's some of the favorite parts uh, of that article. He's a big time, uh, big time foodie. Uh, one other, a tease from the article is I, I did ask Koppel, well, what is your favorite Finnish dish? And he said it was something called, uh, Carillion pie and totally like sounds like something Wars from star pie. Trek, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, that's what I told him too. And so anyway, uh, look, uh, look, look that up, uh, or just read the article and find out what Carillion pie is. Um, so yeah, so I, I think that's, that's a one a very cool aspect of Capo that he is a big time, uh, uh, not just a foodie in terms of going to restaurants, but he makes his own pasta. He says that he cooks uh, pretty much every single day. Um, so uh, cook, cooking with 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 Capo, uh, that would be uh, awesome, uh, uh, awesome uh, Sharks uh, Twitter, whatever, uh, uh, you know, monthly show, weekly show next year. And one last uh, little joke uh, with that or fun thing, um, a cop, a couple, uh, has debuted a shark's mask. And if you've seen it, it's just a lot of sharks in water. <laughs> it's not <laughs> exactly, uh, it's, 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 it's not exactly uh, the the like optimist rhyme you know like a you know a robot shark or whatever right yeah <laughs> and i asked uh, a couple about that uh yesterday morning and uh he said uh and i quote that he said i have no imagination i just, <laughs> I just tell 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 the, the the mask artist you know i like a lot of logos keep it simple and just you know work off of that you know so and it's a beautiful mask it just yeah it, but it doesn't really jump out in terms of like oh that's that's different right and yeah. so uh so yeah so so that's so that's that's couple there but then i joked with couple at the end of the availability well uh maybe you should put some pasta on his mask or something because like you know that's that's his that's that's his big passion these days. His his, his new cooking passion is yeah. making his own pasta, and so yeah. So no one else has that, right? No one else has has a, a pasta, <laughs> a plate of spaghetti on, on their mask. So maybe maybe <laughs> if he does that one day, if he does he does some kind of nod to his uh, love for cooking, then uh, then uh, it'll, it'll be it's for me. So <laughs> yeah, you're like I'm taking all the credit. He's going to have a shark on the very back. You know, they have the back plate where a lot of people mm -hmm. put a big design. Uh, he's going to have like a shark with a bib on with like a floating table. And it's just like a big ass plate of pasta. That would be awesome. <laughs> See, we already, we already come up with a, a great and a very Kapo Kakinen uh, uh, friendly idea, I think. <laughs> I'll send it to him. I'll, I'll DM him on Twitter or something like, hey, I drew this up for you. Put it on the back of your mask. <laughs> all right what what no better way to end this episode than with some delicious goalie talk especially capo cockatoo and food because now i'm hungry shang it's midnight and i'm hungry i appreciate it thank you so much <laughs> but um just for everyone out there 
You can follow the podcast on Twitter at SJHockeyNowPod. You can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. You can follow myself at NickFloor underscore. And you can follow Shang at Shang underscore Pang. At anything that he does is on SanJoseHockeyNow.com. As or well NBC as NBC. Well, I was getting there. NBC Sharks <laughs> as well. Um, big announcement coming up next week. Uh, involving the podcast so make sure you all stay tuned for that and uh, this is Nick Floor signing off here reminding you all to stay safe and of course stay hydrated and listen to Robert Ori by Grand Incredible why would you do this to me (laughs) 